It's the Sunday Showcase on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. It's the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse 11th Annual Season. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is the seasonal series of radio drama recreations in which producers and actors from the modern age of audio drama recreate and reproduce classic old-time radio plays. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is open to all producers and creators of modern audio drama to bring to a contemporary audience these classic plays. And now, over to the host of the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse this season, Waiting in his seat in the balcony, Mr. David Alt. Thank you, Jack Ward, our announcer for the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse's 11th season. Tonight's performance is another double feature, this time of horror. We begin with the return of the Narada Radio Company in an episode of Quiet Please entitled Mirror Mirror, which should give me just enough time to slide backstage, toss on the grease paint myself, for a performance of the No Sleep podcast's The Mark of Marcus Hellfire, two great terrors for your spine-tingling Twilight theme. Quiet Please was the brainchild of Willis Cooper, who also created another great anthology horror series, Lights Out, and was first broadcast on Mutual in 1949, and the curtains raise for tonight's double feature from Narada Radio and the No Sleep Podcast. Quiet, please. Quiet, please. Quiet Please for tonight, written by Willis Cooper and directed by and featuring Pete Lutz as Ernest Chappell, is called Mirror Mirror on the Wall. You haven't got any idea. You haven't got an idea in the world, no sir. If I was to do the right thing, I'd take him and I'd cut his head off. As a matter of fact, Eddie, if I had the, the intestinal fortitude of a, of a llama or something, a llama, you know, like in crossword puzzles, it's some kind of camel or something that lives up in the mountains. I said, if I had the courage of a llama, I'd just up and kill the man. What? Oh, it's all right, for heaven's sake. Nobody's listening on the telephone. Oh, is that so? Well, I'll stack up Old Man Everwine against your boss any day and give you two-to-one odds, too. Did I tell you about this morning? Well, you know when I saw you in the drugstore when I was having coffee? Huh? Oh, you know her. She's a model. I just ran into her as I was going into the drugstore, and I said, have a cup of coffee with me. I don't know, Peters or Peterson or something like that. Evelyn. Evelyn Peters or Peterson or something. No costume stuff. Well, when I was in the drugstore, oh, I'm sorry, I meant to give you the 75 cents I borrowed and I forgot all about it. Remind me, will you, Eddie? Oh, not in the drugstore. 
That old, that old goon has forbidden every one of us to go downstairs for coffee during working hours. Everwine. It's all right. He can go down and drink coffee till it runs out his ears, but the art department can sit up there and starve for all he cares. Well, I think it's pretty small of a man. After all, we're not just laborers, you know. Oh, what I started to say. Right after you walked out, he walked in. No, I was talking to this Peters or Peterson or whoever she is. I didn't see him at all. First thing I knew was he shoved that great, big, ugly, unshaven puss at his right between me and this Peterson character. Oh, I wasn't saying anything. And he said, Oliver, did you forget your drawing board? I give you my word, Eddie. Boiling hot coffee. I pretty near incinerated myself. I was so startled. And I sort of burbled through the coffee. I said, like an utter idiot, what drawing board, Mr. Everwine? And he said, the one you left upstairs. He said, do you want me to bring it down here, Oliver, so you can combine business and pleasure? And that Peterson, she laughed right out loud. I could kill her, too. What? Well, what if I am being bloodthirsty tonight? I've got a right to. What? Oh. Well, then he kind of gritted his teeth, and he looked just like Victor McLaglin or somebody, and he said, get back upstairs. And believe me, Eddie, people just kind of shrunk away like an earthquake or something. And I felt about this high. Do? What could I do? I put your 75 cents on the counter, the whole 75 cents, darn it, and I just slunk out. And you know what he did? You won't believe it. He sat right down there with that Peterson or whatever her name is, and he bought her another cup of coffee with the 75 cents I borrowed from you to add insult to injury. Do you wonder why I want to murder him? And her, too? The way she laughed? Oh, yes. And then, get this. When he came back upstairs half an hour later, half an hour, he walked in and stood looking over my shoulder. And you know how that always gives me the screaming memes to have somebody looking over my shoulder while I'm drawing? Oh, it doesn't it you? It does me. I go nuts. And so what happens? He just stands there and stands there, and I get jitterier and jitterier. And all of a sudden, I put my sleeve right in the middle of the design I'd just finished inking in, labeled for a shoebox, all full of, you know, Pompeian borders and curlicues and stuff and things. You know. Oh, ruined it. Murdered it. And that fiend in human form stood there and laughed fit to bust. Losing your touch, Oliver, he said. I give you my word, Eddie. I was so close to busting. And I kept drawing great big deep breaths and getting fuller and fuller of air. And finally I yelled at him. Oh, I always make a fool of myself. What? I said, give me back my 75 cents, Mr. Everwine. Oh, go on and laugh. <laughs> Did you ever in all your life hear anything so ridiculous? That's what I was saying. If I had the, the whatever it is of a llama or something, I'd have brained the man with a T-square or something. And I holler for six bits. Oh, he had a fit. He just laid down on the floor and howled. <laughs> I had one satisfaction, though. Whitey Haynes, you know, sits back at me with dark glasses. He just dropped a whole jar of vermilion paint on the floor, and Everwine didn't know it. What? Just wallered in it. Well, so I had to stay and work overtime to get this hideous label finished so they can ship it out to Little Rock or wherever it goes, and that's why I'm not going bowling tonight. No, you'll just have to get a substitute, Eddie. I'm dead. Who, Caroline? Oh, no, she's out to some clam bake or something. That woman. I could cut her throat with a, a bottle opener or something. Preferably a dull one. 
<sighs> you know what she left me for dinner? Listen, one can of tuna fish, one slice of dry whole wheat bread, a warm bottle of cherry soda, and 11 hard-boiled eggs. And she'd been defrosting the refrigerator and forgot to turn it on again. No, Eddie, I have a stomach ache for one thing. My head hurts. My hands and arms are tired. I am a dead man, and I definitely will not bowl this evening. I am going to sit here and think of different ways to murder Mr. Klaus Everwine, my favorite art director, and perhaps that Peterson girl, or whatever her name is, and possibly Caroline, the wife of my bosom. And if you continue to shout in my ear about bowling, I shall include you. Yes, Eddie. No, Eddie. Good night, Eddie. <sighs> Oh, me. <sighs> I should bowl of all things. Where do you suppose that woman is? Oh, I shouldn't have eaten those hard-boiled eggs. Now, who is that? Calling me up in the middle of the night? If that's Eddie again about bowling, I'll murder him. The crust of the man. Hello, I am not going bowling. Hello, Eddie. Hello, hello, hello. Why, you rang me, young woman. Yes, you did. Oh, it's the doorbell. Excuse me. Caroline, of course. Forgotten her key again. If that woman doesn't do something about remembering her keys, I'm simply going to kill her. Well, my love. What did you call me, Oliver? Mr. Everwine. Well, are you going to let me in or not? Why, certainly, Mr. Everwine. Please come in, sir. Come in and have a chair, sir. Who did you think I was, anyway? I, I thought you had forgotten your key. What? Are you nutty? I'm sorry, Mr. Everwine. I, I mean, I thought it was my wife who has gone out and who has probably forgotten her key. I mean, she quite often forgets when she goes out. I, I thought it was my wife. For the love of Mike, will you stop gibbering? Yes, Mr. Everwine. Well, um, what brings you to our neighborhood, I'm sure? Oliver, you know if you weren't the best freehand design man I've got in the shop. Oh, but I'm not, Mr. Everwine. I'd try to have you committed. I don't think you've got all your buttons. Mr. Everwine, I've got my buttons all right, but for heaven's sake, Mr. Everwine, I just get embarrassed. At what? When people yell at me or anything, I mean... Am I yelling at you, Oliver? Well, you... You do. Am I yelling at you now, Oliver? N n no, sir. Well, stop looking silly then. I've got something for you to do. Huh? Now? Yes, right now. Oh, but Mr. Everwine, I'm all in. I... N never mind that. This is a rush job that the merchandising department has to have first thing in the morning. Is there much? Maybe I could get up early. Nope. This will take you nearly all night, Oliver. Oh, my. See, this is the layout. I want a hand-drawn border, 13 by 27, see? And all these decorative doodads in each corner and hand-letter the trademark here, see? No, here. Right down your alley, Oliver. Oh, but I'm so tired. My hands are trembling even. Now, now, Oliver. Sir? You like your job, don't you? Well... You know, artists are a dime a dozen, Oliver. Good ones, though. A dime a dozen. All right. You gonna do it or not? Oh, well. Okay. Get at it now. And I want it on my desk at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. 8 o'clock? 8 o'clock on the nose. This drawing has to get to the merchandising department at 
and I want to see it first. Eight o'clock. You heard me. All right, get to work, and don't get it all smeared up either like you did that one today. All right, Mr. Everwine. Good night. Good night, Mr. Everwine. You still standing there? Get to work! Yes, Mr. Everwine. <laughs> he thought it was you. <laughs> uh... What? What do you mean? When he rang the bell, he thought I was you. Thought you'd forgotten your key. Oh my goodness, I did forget it. Well, that's clever. How are you going to get in? I'll climb through the window, I guess. <laughs> Remember that other time when I left my key? I climbed in the kitchen window. He never even moved. Yes, but this time he'll be awake, working, Caroline. Oh, well. I'll tell him some kind of story. He'll believe anything. Are we going to sit here all night? I should say not. Where do you want to go? Some place where we can dance. Sure, we can go any place we want to. He won't be showing up, that's for sure. Like that time at the Cotton Club? When he and Eddie came in and we had to hide in the check room? <laughs> well, that little job of work will keep little Oliver neatly stashed away for a long time, kid. So forget him. I always forget Oliver when I'm with you, Mr. Everwine. I don't know what to do. I've been working all night, and I guess I must have fallen asleep or something. When I woke up, I went into the bedroom to see if she was there, but she wasn't. Well, then I thought, I'll call up Eddie and ask him if his missus has seen my missus. She says she hasn't. I wonder where she can be. No, never as late as this. For heaven's sake, it's half past four. Oh, I suppose she's gabbing with some dizzy dame and just hasn't looked at the clock or something. Well, I obviously can't call up all of her friends looking for her, waking them up out of their favorite nightmares and asking silly questions. I suppose she'll come home eventually. But I tell you, if I had her here, I'd take a club and beat her head in. Oh, working. I didn't tell you, Eddie. That, that fiend, that Everwine, showed up about 9.30 with a rush job I have to turn in at 8 o'clock in the morning. And for gosh sakes, it isn't finished yet. I fell asleep brought it right to the house, yelled at me. What was I going to do? Oh, sure, threaten my job, Eddie. I promise you a day will come when I'll take that man and I'll fill him so full of lead they can use him for a, for a paperweight. Did you have a good time bowling? What did you roll? Oh, only 134 average? You're slipping, Eddie. <sighs> Golly, I'm sleepy. What? Oh, I'm sorry, Eddie. I didn't realize I was keeping you awake, too. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But I do wish I knew where Caroline was. Is, I mean. I just thought she and your missus... Oh, I said that. Well, thanks, Eddie. Good night, Eddie. <sighs> well, let me see. About another hour's work, I guess. That Everwine. Everswine, that's what he is. I could cheerfully watch him being eaten alive by an alligator or something. I know this night work is going to ruin my eyes. I think I'll go and put some cold water on him.
I'd like to put boiling water, no, boiling oil on that man. Yes, and on that wife of mine. Oh, that water's cold. Oh, makes my eyes feel better, though. I wish I had that Caroline here. I'd drown her, staying out till broad daylight, playing bridge or something, letting me worry my head off. I don't care where she is. I'd be better off without her. Huh. I'm a fine-looking sight, ain't I? Look at that face. Red eyes. Hair's getting thin. Hello, you ugly brute. You used to be good-looking once, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Getting old, losing your nerve, afraid to stand up to people, afraid to give Everwine what he's got coming, afraid to smack your wife across the puss. Why don't you come out of that mirror and do something? Answer me, why don't you? Well, what do you want me to do? I want you to murder my... It talked back to me. It answered me. Yes, I answered you. Now answer me, you jerk. This is not true. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It's still there. I'm still here, and I'm getting awful tired of you. What do you want me to do that you're too much of a coward to do? You're my reflection in the bathroom mirror. I am. And you're talking back to me. I am. This can't be. What a jerk you are. You can't talk to me like that. I'm talking to you like that. Listen, Oliver. Every person's got two sides, see? I'm the rough side of your character. Well, for heaven's sake. Who do you want killed? Would you kill somebody? With pleasure. I'll be darned. Oliver, where's your wife? That woman, I'll break her neck. That, Oliver, is a very good idea. I'll be right back. Hey! Hey! Am I crazy? Where... Where's my reflection? It's... He's gone! My gracious, I've got to run. Why, it's practically broad daylight. How are you going to get in, Caroline? Maybe he'll be asleep. I sure hope so, for your sake. My sake? <laughs> Don't worry about me. Anyways, I can always climb in the window. Well, good night. Or good morning, I guess it is. Yeah, I had a swell time, Everwine. Why do you always call me Everwine? I like it. Kiss the girl, Everwine. Thanks, Everwine. Sure you don't want me to run you home? Oh, no. It's only three blocks, and besides, you might see your car. I'll be all right. Thanks for the fun. Night. Night, honey. <laughs> Oliver? Yeah. Oliver, what are you... I mean... Come here, Caroline. Oliver? No, Oliver! What are you going to do? Why, I'm going to break your neck, Caroline. <laughs> you see? I'm going to count to ten, and if that reflection isn't back there, I'm going to call up the police and explain that I've gone crazy. I've been driven crazy by overwork. I... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten... No, I better shut my eyes and do it over. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Now, 
<gasps> it is back. Sure, I'm back. Well, for heaven's sake, where have you been? You said you wanted to break Caroline's neck. Huh? Well, I broke it. You did? I mean, you did? Yeah, just as easy. Well, well, well where did you find her if you broke her neck? Up there in front of that apartment building Everwine lives in. Why, you fool! Be careful there, Oliver. Be careful of what? Don't break the mirror. I will if I want to. Be sorry if you do. What? Why? Because this is where I live, see? I am going completely, comprehensively, utterly stark, staring mad, insane, crazy, nutty! No, you're not, Oliver. You're a split personality now, kid. Schizophrenic. And just one more thing before you answer the door. Door? What door? It'll be the cops coming to tell you about finding Caroline with her neck busted. But I didn't... That's what I was going to tell you. Don't tell me to do things you don't want done, Oliver. I don't kid around. I do them, kid. See? Listen. Go to the door, Oliver. It's the cops. You got nothing to worry about, kid. You got a swell alibi. Go ahead. There just isn't anything to say, Eddie. What? I know. I said that. I said I'd like to murder her, but, you know, well, she's dead. Listen, Eddie, I can't tell you about this on the telephone, but I'm under some kind of technical arrest or something, and I know they're going to accuse me of murdering her. And honestly, Eddie, I was right here in the house all the time. You know that. I talked to you on the phone. Remember? Yes, but they said somebody saw a fellow they thought was me running away from the corner where where she... But I was here. Eddie, I was right here. I was in the bathroom. Eddie, I need a lawyer. So do you want to be my lawyer? I haven't got a whole lot of money, Eddie, really, but I guess maybe I've got enough if you don't charge too much. And I'd rather have a lawyer I know, you know, instead of some stranger. Will you, Eddie? No, I can't leave the house, so you better come over here. Eddie, listen, I can explain the whole thing. Maybe you won't believe it, but maybe I can prove it to you. Oh, Eddie, and to think that Everwine, that rat, that snake, that I could chop his ugly head off. Wait a minute, Eddie. I thought I heard a door. Oh, my gracious, Eddie, what have I done now? Mr. Everwine, Oliver is here. Oliver? Well, uh, well, tell him I can't see him now. Tell him- I told him you were busy, but he insists on seeing you, Mr. Everwine. Is- is the door locked? Yes, Mr. Everwine. Tell him I can't see him. Just a second, Mr. Everwine. He can't see you now, Oliver. Oliver? Oliver, wait! No! No, Oliver! 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 Listen! Listen, Oliver! Sorry I had to bust the door, Everwine. Oliver, listen, it, it was pure coincidence that... that Was, huh? You, you know it was, Oliver. You know perfectly well, Oliver. I know all about it, Everwine. Now, Oliver, get away from me, Oliver. Why you suppose I broke her neck, Everwine? Did... did you... oh... I certainly did. It was just as easy. You... you killed her? With these hands, Everwine. Let me answer the phone. Sure. Hello, this is Everwine. Pull. Stop that. 
Take it easy. Answer the phone decent now. Yes. Mr. Everwine, this is Oliver. What? This is Oliver, Mr. Everwine. Somebody's coming up there to kill you. Who are you? Oliver, I said, Mr. Everwine. I don't really want to kill you. What? I said this is Oliver. I... Oliver's standing alongside my desk threatening to kill me. Is this some kind of joke? Is this... That's him, Mr. Everwine. That's him. He's going to cut your head off. Give me that phone, Everwine. Hello, Oliver. Listen, Oliver, keep your shirt on. You said the guy's head off. I can't help it. You know you wish is my command, Oliver, old kid. And the funny thing is, I'm getting to like it. Now shut up and let me alone, will you? Now, Everwine, you got a sword or something around here, huh? <sighs> all right, Eddie. I know. I know all about Everwine. I called him on the phone, but it was too late. He took the phone away from Everwine and told me what he was going to do. And there wasn't any way to stop him, Eddie. Eddie, please come over. They're going to have me for another murder, Eddie, and I didn't do it. I didn't do it, I tell you. I was right here. I talked to Everwine on the phone. You can ask him at... Oh, my goodness. No, you can't, can you? Eddie, please come over. All right, Eddie. Yes, Eddie. No, Eddie. Goodbye, Eddie. What am I going to do? They'll... They'll hang me or something. How am I going to stop this? By Jiminy G. That's it. The mirror, the mirror, the mirror. Why didn't I think of that before? I'll fix it. I'll fix it. Where's a hammer or something? Aha! The drinking glass. I'll fix you, Mr. Reflection. I'll fix you. There. You're going to be sorry, Oliver. What? Who was that? I told you you'd be sorry, Oliver. I'd have gone back into the mirror and you'd never been bothered with me anymore. But you busted it. I got no place to go now, kid. No place to go. I'm on the town, Oliver. I'm on the world, kid. And every time you think of killing somebody... <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. You sure done it now, Oliver. Keep your mind clean, baby. Hey. Hey, where did you go? No, I can't tell you where I am, Eddie. You wouldn't recognize me if you saw me either. I'm in disguise. The police are looking for me everywhere, Eddie. Just everywhere. Oh, you know that. Well, I, I just had to call you. I had to, Eddie. We used to have such fun. Darn it, Eddie, and now everything's so awful. Eddie, I don't kill people. I didn't kill anybody, Eddie, honest. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. But you know how it is. If I even think of somebody that ought to be killed, if I just say I could kill that fellow, why, boom, he's dead, Eddie. It's a curse. It's horrible. I don't know what to do. Eddie, I could murder everybody in the world, you know. If I dream about killing somebody, it's in the papers the next morning. If I say I hope you... Oh, no, I mustn't say it. It's my reflection. Reflection from the mirror. No, I'm not crazy. I thought I was, but I know I'm not. Eddie, I'm scared every minute. Sure, you could tie me up so I couldn't talk, but all I've got to do is think. I think murder, and he's right there to do it. What, Eddie? No, no, there's nothing I can do about it. My goodness, if I show myself on the streets, I'll be arrested instantly. Oh, Eddie, I wish I was dead. What, Eddie? I said, gosh, what can I do? 
I said I wish I was dead. Why, Oliver, you know, I think we can handle that. You have listened to Quiet Please, written by Willis Cooper. This presentation was produced and directed especially for the 2020 Sonic Summerstock Playhouse by Pete Lutz. Tonight's story was called Mirror, Mirror on the Wall. Originally broadcast on the Mutual Broadcasting System on August 24th, 1947. The man who spoke to you was Pete Lutz as Ernest Chappell. And Christy Glick played Caroline. Everwine was Dana Gonsalves. The voice over the dictograph was Dawn Robertson. The music was composed and played by Dr. Ross Bernhardt. We hope you enjoyed our play. Reports say there's no known recording of the original broadcast in existence anywhere. So in a way, we're resurrecting old ghosts. Until we meet again, I am quietly yours, Ernest Chappell. This is Darren Rockold speaking. The proceeding was a production of 63 Audio, Corpus Christi, Texas. Sixty-three audio. This is mutual. Sit down, everyone. It's time to start the student council meeting. Wait, where's Mrs. Sanderson? She had important business to attend to. I'll be your faculty attendant tonight. Who the hell is this guy? I'm not sure. Looks vaguely familiar, though. I think I've seen him before. Teaches AP math or something. Oh, great. A math nerd. I rather enjoy maths. I don't. My teacher flunked me on my midterm. Math can suck my- Ahem! Hmm. You know, if you'd like, I'd gladly give you a few, um, special after-school tutoring sessions. Simmer down, kids. The sooner we start, the sooner we can all go home. Anyone willing to take minutes? I am. Good. Let's start with roll call. I need to make sure we're not missing anyone. When I say your name, answer present. Nicole? Present. David? Here, sir. Jeff. I'm here. Matt. Present and ready to take notes. Jessica. That's me. Peter. Peter. I have shed my mortal coil and have ascended to a higher plane of existence. Oh my god, you're hiding behind the coat rack again, aren't you? I would never do such a worldly thing. I can literally see your feet sticking out right now. 
Get your butt over here. Fine. Present. Good, good. That's everyone on the list. Now then, down to business. It's Halloween tomorrow, and you're supposed to decorate the auditorium and set up the haunted house, correct? That's right. We're going to have music during lunch and give out prizes for the best costume and pumpkin carving. It'll be great. Don't forget the raffle. Raffle? We're charging a $2 entrance fee for the haunted house and raffling off half the proceeds. The rest goes into the bank. We need it. Someone went a bit overboard buying pumpkins for the contest. You never told me what the budget was. You would have blown it either way. How does someone who despises maths end up a student council treasurer? I like numbers. I like things with practical applications. I don't give a shit about calculating the circumference of a trapezoid. Trapezoids don't have circumferences Sir, that- if you could just give us the key to the storage room, we'll get out of your hair. Do you know where it is? Yup, it's in the East Wing. This is my third year in student council. I know the ropes. Alright, here you go. Now, I don't want any of you poking around, you hear? Get what you need and come straight back. Yes, sir! So, this is the storage room? Whew. This place gives me the creeps. Why is it so dark in here? Well, it is a storage room. I think it's the perfect makeout spot. What do you say, Nicole? Wanna test it out? Ugh. In your dreams, pusface. Ouch. Um, um, may I ask a question? Of course, David. What's with the scorch marks on the wall over there? Oh, that's right. You're a transfer student. You don't know about the mark of Marcus Hellfire, do you? The mark of Marcus Hellfire? Mm-hmm. It's an old legend passed down from one generation to the next. Ugh. Oh, no. You're not telling that creepy story, Peter. Not here. I'm already freaked out enough as it is. Uh, fine. Oh, but I wanted to hear it. And it is my... Uh, my dying wish to tell the tale. Just let him have his fun, Nicole. Ugh, fine. Do what you want. I'm getting the boxes. Go ahead, Peter. All right, so it all started on a dark and quiet night about 50 years ago. Uh, it wasn't night. There were students around, remember? Sorry. Got a bit too into setting the atmosphere. It all started about 50 years ago. Though his name is lost to the annals of history, the professor, who came to be known as Marcus, was teaching his theology class. Wasn't Marcus supposed to be a janitor? No, he was definitely a teacher. I thought you weren't interested in the story, Nicole. I... I just want to make sure we're being factual. Peter, please go on. As I was saying, Marcus was teaching a class. Now, he'd been acting really strange in the weeks leading up to Halloween that year. His students complained about his odd behavior to the principal, but at the time, they just assumed he was stressed. Apparently, he'd been diagnosed with a terminal disease. My brother's classmate says his grandmother worked as a nurse and saw his chart and everything. But none of his classmates or colleagues knew about it. So he shows up one day with this strange book. A book he got from the restricted section of the library. And unbeknownst to his students, he locks the doors. 
I like where this is going. So class starts, and everything's normal at first. But then he starts going on a rant about how God doesn't exist and how there's no such thing as heaven. He tells them he found a way to live forever, though. And he opens up that strange book of his, a leather-bound book that looks impossibly old. Everyone's thinking it's going to crumble just by looking at it, but it keeps together. And then he starts to... <coughs> Holy shit, Nicole, are you okay? I'm fine, I'm, I'm fine. I dropped the box. Sorry. It, it's really heavy. Do you want some help? I've got it. Nicole, take that side, I'll take the other. We'll carry it together. Sorry. Thank you. No problem. We'll meet you guys back in the auditorium. Alright. Where was I? The teacher cracked open his book and started reading. But it wasn't really reading. More like chanting. And all the students started looking at one another in confusion. I can only imagine. My lit teacher tried breaking out into a dope rap one time and it took us all quite by surprise. This was no rap solo, David. It was strange. Really strange. No one knew what language he was speaking. And then weird things started happening. Empty chairs started flying into the air. People started feeling pressure in their chests. And it got hot. Really hot. They started seeing these... These spectral creatures flying all around. Like ghosts. Not quite ghosts. More like shadows. And then Marcus, smirking a sinister smirk, lit a match and tossed it onto the ground. The whole room goes up in flames. Mysterious black flames. The students are screaming in agony, but all anyone can hear is Marcus's laughter resonating through the school. The students flock to the doors, but they're locked. All they can do is scream. Scream. And burn. Goodness gracious. The entire East Wing went up in flames that day. And not a single student made it out alive. But Marcus... Huh, Marcus's body was never found. Wait, so if the entire East Wing burned... What are we standing in right now? They rebuilt the East Wing a few years later. A few of the original concrete walls still stand to this day. So, are you saying the wall over there with the scorch marks... Is from the original building, yeah. In fact, where we're standing right now is the very spot where 50 years ago Marcus taught his very last theology class. Whew, that's a little unsettling. And to think you use this room to store old Halloween decorations. Hey, there's a few Christmas decorations, too. <laughs> Cheeky. Oh, speaking of Halloween decorations, shouldn't we be taking these out? Oh, right. <sighs> Sorry about this, Matt. I know you wanted to hear the rest of the story. Yeah, it's fine. I've heard it plenty of times already. Why'd you get so spooked, anyway? It's just the room. There was something, uh, I don't know, off about it, you know? It just freaked me out. Where's the rest of your group? <gasps> oh, 
Holy crap, don't sneak up on people like that. Excuse me? Uh, I, I mean, go golly, sir, you startled me. <laughs> the others, where are they? Still in the storage room, sir. Why is it taking so long? They're not poking around, are they? No, 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 no. They're telling the new kid about the mark of Marcus Hellfire. Oh, are they? Yeah, David saw the scorch mark on the wall and asked about it. Look, it's a stupid story, we know. What can we say? It's a Halloween tradition. Hmm, I'm surprised they're willing to stick around, knowing Marcus still needs a few extra sacrifices to finish his spell. What? Indeed. He forgot to take roll call that day. He was short six souls, cheated out of his eternal life. I've never heard that part of the story before. Me neither. Hmm. Well, when you've been around as long as I have, you eventually hear everything. Let's go see how everyone's doing. <laughs> I'll wait here. I don't really feel like going back in there. There are still a lot of decorations left. We need all hands on deck. <sighs> Fine. Hey guys, we're back. Lovely to have you back. We've got almost all the decorations out and by the door. Oh, good work. Hey, you two over there in the back. I told you not to go poking around. We'll be right out. But we saw this really cool looking prop back here. It looks just like a dead body. Oh my god. That's not a prop. That's Mrs. Sanderson. Is she... Dead? Damn it. What? Surely you're... you're joking, right? No, it's... she... she was stabbed. But... but how? By who? Ah, uh, way to ruin the surprise. What? You don't know how many years I've waited for six gullible teenagers to come around so I could finish what I started. Look, everyone, in his hands! The leather-bound book! Marcus Hellfire? That's not actually my name! I have no idea why people think it's Everyone, run! Where to? He locked the door! There's no back entrance! What are we supposed to do? I'm afraid it's too late. Ah, my dear student council. I'm afraid you're all... getting fired. And that's this week's performance from the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. All productions, features, characters and scripts presented in the Playhouse belong strictly to their respective copyright holders and no copyright infringement is assumed or intended. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is part of the Sonic Society and a proud member of the Mutual Audio Network and any shows that continue their run must receive express permission from all parties involved. Join us next week for another classic performance. For our announcer, Jack Ward, I'm your host, David Alt. Good night. This has been an Electric Vicuna production. 
There are a number of things that we can all do to help stop the spread of the coronavirus and protect ourselves and our families. One is simply to clean your hands often. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds, especially after you've been in a public place or after blowing your nose, coughing, or sneezing. If you don't have access to soap and water, then make sure you use a hand sanitizer with at least 60% alcohol. And finally, avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth with unwashed hands. These are some simple things that we can all do to help protect ourselves and our families from the spread of coronavirus. Be well, everybody.